Hey, what's up everyone out there? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. We are sitting in the new studio. You guys, if you guys are on YouTube or watching these little podcasts on one of the platforms that we posted it, there's nothing behind us, but we're going to get some cool things behind there eventually at some point when I actually have time to do that. It's a nice wall. It's <laughs> a nice wall. <laughs> we got Josh Handy back in with us what's tonight. Up, Jordan Kanigi in the studio. You got done fishing today. Ear, ear, ear. Yeah. Ear, ear, ear. <laughs> Who thinks we should get some sound effects mixed yeah, up in today? Give me a couple buttons to push here. <laughs> Clint's got him, dude. Oh, ooh, oh, press the purple one. We're going to have to do some like... <laughs> baby in the dingo. <laughs> like some real sounds and stuff. We're definitely going to have to get on. What is that? Did you just get... What was that? Oh. oh, you can hear it? What is it? Clint's over there playing with the sound effects, guys. I have, I have crickets, I have laughter, I have applause. I have laughter. Oh, that's freaking awesome, dude. Please, you right have... in the middle of somebody telling a story. Please, the crickets. when someone... We just have to let Clint do that whenever we mess up or anything. Or we'll just, he'll just do the sounds. That'll be perfect. All right, guys, we're going to give Clint some power to make us look stupid over here. All right, stop pushing him. Let's go. Way to go, Clint. Well, with that with that in mind, we got to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Nick Wax. Thanks so much for sponsoring this podcast. We appreciate you guys for supporting Addicted. And if you guys haven't heard of Nick Wax, it is a waterproofing material. You put it in your washer, you put it with your Gore-Tex, and it revives it, makes the bead the water again. So check it out, Nick Wax. Go buy some. I finally, I've said it a couple podcasts now, but I finally did it, and it worked really good. Your yeah, last couple I, days, yeah. yesterday, the day before last was brutal. Just that, like, misty, pissing rain. That's the worst. Oh, it's just worst. Yeah. everything soaked. And I've took that coat off, and I've had the coat for a few years, and just bone dry. That's good. Was, That's cool. I was pretty stoked on it. Yeah. But, it's good stuff. But, yeah, fish today, as you were asking earlier. Um, conditions are just awesome. I know. The rivers look so good because of the snow. the snow is on the ground, and the, and the shaded areas, the snow's not melting. It's just as wintry as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a couple of fish today. It's just day by day, you know. I don't think I've met or talked to anybody that has really put the hurting on them over the last over the last week or two. But you're catching a couple of nice fish every time, and they're just quality, man. Like Marlon's showing us some pictures of some big fish right the now. The big fish numbers. I haven't are seen insane. a fish smaller than that. In like Dude, weeks, all you know? the fish this year are big in the Northwest. I don't know. It's interesting. It'd be interesting to know if these same kind of things happen in the Midwest, where like they get years or seasons where they have bigger fish i'm sure right it's probably whatever feeds in the lakes right and i know i know uh, again i'm just totally talking out of my ass here but i know they've had like die-offs of some of the bait yeah stuff that over the last few years and some of the runs of more chinook based i think but the steelhead seemed to always do good out there yeah well you know when we had colville on our live feed he was talking about how when they first planted those salmon you used to hear of people getting 50 60 pound salmon and stuff back in the great lakes when they first planted them because there was so much food for yeah. them to eat to control whatever that weird fish was that was dying off over there right their little their little herring yeah whatever the heck those are but that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight so we're going to the midwest dude josh isn't going with us I'm but you're working probably somebody oh, has invited <laughs> <laughs> we had to keep it to a minimum you know pandemic and stuff we didn't want to be traveling with like 15 people oh well, i still need to find a dog sitter everybody out there listening <laughs> <laughs> this podcast Jordan's, probably won't be Jordan's out before out. that. Jordan can't go. Uh, no dog sitter. Something out. Uh, <laughs> whatever happened to your one? It didn't work out? 
I haven't really got up. It hasn't. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. We can all assume what happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> the dog sitter. What about Lex? No. Things didn't work out with her and, either. Uh, the dogs. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Little doesn't like other dogs. That's right. Or kids chasing him. Yeah. Little's kind of a prima donna. If you guys have ever met Little or seen him in our YouTube videos, he's a high maintenance maintenance little prima donna. (laughs) High maintenance. He's like a little kid for sure. Uh, Even like I had him at my house one time and I put him in the backyard thinking, oh yeah, he'll be fine out here. No, no one's, none of my dogs ever jump over the fence. It's like super high and little, he does some like wall run along the freaking wall and then jumps over the fence. I'm like, (laughs) he full speed bounced off one wall and jumped over the top of the fence. I'm like, what in the hell? And he figured it out in like five seconds. Like I put him back there and he just was gone instantly. I'm like, well, that ain't going to work. (laughs) That ain't going to work. So yeah. Anyway, I'm really excited for this trip though. And it's more so for the fact of what you told me last night where it's eight degrees today in Michigan where we're going. And next week when we get there, it's supposed to be 30 something. Yep. Which is huge for fishing. Did you hear that cam? The water, the temperatures are going to heat up in oh, yeah. in the Midwest when we're there into like the 30s. Which, with everything anybody's told me about out there, that's super important. Yep. Like when that, that's like us getting a good rain. Yep. Is when it warms up and they get snow melt and they like don't have 20 degree water. It's just game on. It's yep. just full. There's fish going downriver and then there's fish coming up. And then it looked like Friday or looked like towards the end of the week when we were going to be there. It's well, there may be some snow coming. Sweet. So maybe I'll, I love it. maybe I'll get stuck in Michigan. I hope not. Oh my god. Oh, Marlon's stuck in an airport. No, dude, we got to come back to the Northwest and catch giants. Who, uh, I know. Who are you guys going, going with again? Winter time here. What? Who are you guys going with again? We're it's me, Cam, and Jordan. Up with over there? Yeah, it's me, Cam, and Jordan, and then we're gonna head our first trip out to the Midwest this year. We're gonna go to Michigan, which I'm excited about. It's just a lot of fun rivers, a lot of places. It's kind of one of the really like renowned steelhead. Fit like states over there is Michigan. Um, we're going to fish with Kyle McClellan yeah, from XXL Chrome Chasing. Um, he's super cool, young guy. Been Get some stud fish. And he's just a savage, dude. He's, pictures I've seen on Instagram over the last yeah. few years, he gets some stud fish. Dude knows how to fish, for sure. So we're going to fish with him for a few days. We're also going to link up with Fish Fray, which a lot of you on YouTube has been begging us to go fish with Fish Fray. So we're going to go fish with him, I think, one day. Film some videos. Should be fun. Um, same kid, young, young kid in college, filmed some really cool YouTube videos, especially just catches some of the most epic bobber down. I just always love the rivers he's fishing more than anything about his videos. I just look at them and they seem like they're way out. There's not a lot of people. The water's beautiful. Very, very similar to a lot of our very low gradient coastal rivers. Mm -hmm. Very meandering, a lot of log jams, pea gravel. I mean, it just, it's just fishy. It looks like Mm -hmm. fun water and fighting them around all the trees and, you know, wet wading and crossing the river and everything. And just, I like his style of fishing a lot. So I'd be excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So I think what we're going to do is our, the plan is like day one, we're just, and this was kind of Cam's idea, but day one, we're just going to freaking do whatever. Freestyle. Yeah. We're just going to like try to go find some areas, see if we can find some, you know, I'm going to have Kyle give us some general ideas, like go check out, you know, over here, but then we're just going to go figure it out. Take our stuff, take our gear, go to the river, and just see what we can do, see if we can catch any fish. So that's kind of plan day one, and then from there, who knows what's going to happen. I think we're going to kind of plan it when we're over there. It sounds like we can do some sledding, like on his jet sled. sounds like we can do rafts or drift boats. It sounds like we can do whatever, bank. It's kind of like whatever we want to do, really. So, um, 
we're not going to speak river names, but I think we are fishing one of the, the the main like big popular river over there that everyone like loves. We're fishing that. It sounds like a couple. He wants to fish that a couple days. So you be there whole week. Yeah. Yeah, I went full. You know, we do a lot of these trips where and Jordan complains. Yeah, out. Jordan complains about this like every time he gets mad at me for it because I plan Jordan all these trips. For a month. I plan all these <laughs> trips and we go and we have like two or three days and we just like we finally figure it out by like halfway through day two and then we only have like one day left to like have fun, you know. And I we do that a lot where it's just this last minute quick. Well, and for thing. a lot of you guys out there that watch, it's really it's more stressful to me to make a uh, have a day of filming than it is to guide a day of fishing. Because there's just more, I mean, like, I'm really worried about my clients having a good time, but I'm more worried about not wasting four people's day while we're filming with people, like, there's multiple people on the clock. There's, like, I mean, there's a lot of things orchestrating. These are saved, pre-emphasized days. Yep. And, like, when it doesn't work out and we don't get an episode, it's just, it's a very, we're out there till dark. I mean, yep. it's just, like, it's very disappointing to, like, not have a video or a day come through. And so, like, trips, when we go out there and we only spend a couple of days, it's just the stress level is very, everybody's on edge a little bit. Yeah. We're, just, we're trying to get it done. We need to show more of that, I feel like. You guys should drop some comments below or let us know in, in live feeds or whatever if you guys would like to see more of the kind of the behind-the-scenes struggle that happens with filming because we don't, we don't show it at all, but we have some times where it's like couple this year. On I mean, the, there's on days channel, where you, you go know? and you don't catch fish, and you feel like you just like oh, dude, failed. We, yeah. yeah, or you catch one and you're like, good. So we have an episode <laughs> awesome. coming out. We have an episode coming out right now where me and Rob literally meet before daylight, and we fish the entire river from top to bottom, and we hook one fish the whole day, and we lost it. But we're gonna put it out. We're gonna show the episode. Why not? Why not? Like show people real life. Show the struggle. But we don't. At least we you don't, got one fish too. Exactly, you know? but we don't show like, you know, one of the a lot of these vloggers and a lot of these YouTubers that I noticed they show like the struggle of filming it. You Especially know, like the vloggers, the guys that are doing like a day by day of yeah. everything they go through and then like don't catch fish. Yeah, like talking about like, well, we just literally filmed all day. Mm. We've been trying really hard for you guys to catch. We don't. I don't think we do enough of that. I don't think. I we think show that's how we started out. Was just like that was the only way you were going to make a good video was off success of catching fish. Yeah, and that's not. I mean, well, people you know, want to see the it's struggle. Funny, this podcast is taking a big turn. It's one <laughs> update. But all my best friends, also my closest friends, yeah, like they don't watch our videos. And their excuse is not because they don't We're support not it. Best friends, by the way, guys. No, they're <laughs> like, they're like, well, every time we go fishing, I watch you catch fish. I'm like, I don't want to just tune in and watch you guys catch ten times more yeah. fish than I ever catch. It's not that. It's not that cool. It makes me feel bad. And I think we forget about that because we do find a lot of ours. Some of the beat down videos and stuff. They're yeah. awesome. But like when we have a video and we go out and catch nine steelhead, they're like, I've never caught nine steelhead. That's not cool. Yeah, but for me, so the reason I like to make content like that, because as me as a young kid, like 16, 17, 18, even all the way through my 20s and stuff, like, I would, like, search out those videos. I mean, I was, like, looking at the internet, buying DVDs, trying to find videos where people were showing epic fishing. Yeah. Because it was fun and cool and entertaining to watch. That's how I found addicted five, six years ago is the, the video where the seagull eats the camera. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That and and that's a lot of the videos. And Cam keeps Cam's touted this a few times that we need to get back to making a few of those. But a lot of our first just original fun, videos, good music. Yeah, yeah we didn't talk, we didn't do anything. It was just like five, six, seven, ten minutes of just like fishing action, yeah. 
bobber downs, getting fish, B-roll shots. Porn. Fish porn. Fish porn. Yeah, you should probably, <laughs> you should probably say I fish before you say that. <laughs> I'm like, what? Porn. <laughs> what crazy. are you talking about right now? <laughs> Unbelievable. I got to get a drink of this Body Armor Light. Shout out to Body Armor. If you'd like to, <laughs> you'd like to, to sponsor Armor. this podcast, we'd love to have you on board, Body Armor, because I drink these things all the time. Let me know, and I'll get you Body my Armor's address. Good. You can send me a couple Try cases. Try the new one? Body Armor Edge? I like the light. Got a little dude. bit of caffeine in it. <laughs> you guys didn't know I work for Coca-Cola and I sell bottles. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. tell Body Armor, whoever they are, we need to get, a, yeah, need to get on that sponsorship. Right now, Josh. You don't need to sell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that was your perfect opportunity, Clint, to roll the crickets. crickets. <laughs> like, why didn't you roll them, dude? You gotta pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh what, man what's next okay so enough of the body armor i got a little hydrated here i'm good to go now i was a little parched Everybody has one but me and josh i'm really thirsty now yeah, I'm josh has got a water bottle it's delight oh, josh has got a water dude oh, the, you, aspartame you can drink favorite. a bottle of this nick wax aspartame is so good crystal for you. light now aspartame. that's what i call it i think it's super it. crystal light crystal what what do you aspartame. call it these people listening to this podcast right now are like, first they're talking about freaking body armor. Now they're talking about crystal light. (laughs) But let's move on to a little bit more important subject, I think, that needs to be talked about. So right now, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, if you're not in the Pacific Northwest, it doesn't matter. We have a, a really important issue going on right now. And unfortunately, we have another scenario where our hatcheries are under attack for no reason whatsoever other than baseless idiotic science these guys have decided to attack our hatchery programs and take away more opportunity for anglers in the northwest and it's a sad sad state of affairs so right now noaa fisheries has a comment period going on on their website and i'm gonna once we get off this podcast and once this thing gets posted i'm gonna put these links for you guys everywhere so you can get onto this comment section and go make your voice heard But the main thing that needs to be said is brood stock hatchery programs are not bad for our river systems, period. They are extremely important for our river systems. They restore fisheries. They create opportunity. And we need to let these people know to to not take this program away, not get rid of this program. We need these programs to stay in the Northwest. And not to add either, like, the area that this is going on in is one of the most affected and the most crushed sport recreation areas in the country. Truly. I mean, the Puget Sound... 95% of Cameron and I's clients drive three hours to come fish with us because there is zero opportunity. And they've shut down every single river on the Puget Sound. And they pay just as much for their license as any one of us. It's just terrible. And, yeah. It's insanity. It's insanity, and a lot of it goes back to just terrible freaking management and laziness, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like it's just just laziness of like, oh, we'll just do this because it's easier. A lot of it, too, look at how they open it. They did the same thing on one of my favorite rivers, but it's for a different rule change. But this public public opinion forum where they ask the public's opinion on whether or not they think it's the right management. Management strategy apparently is starting to become more of a public opinion matter. And, that, yeah, and then that's what, where, and where then, we're starting game. And then what happens is these the special the interest groups come yeah. in. They're the ones that have the money. They're the ones that have the power, and they're able to easily sway. Literally, they're the ones that own the power companies and the timber companies. Dude, it's, yeah. the whole thing yeah. is a giant 
anyway, the whole end of this and the whole point of this thing, guys, is go make your voices heard. Now is the opportunity. Go to Noah. Tell him you support Broodstock. Tell him you want these programs to happen. I think that CC, I think there's some companies out there, some of the, the groups that have put out pre-written messages for you so you can just copy the message and send it right to Noah. Again, once I have all this information kind of collected, I'll post it on all of our social outlets so you guys can see it. But don't wait for me. A lot of you guys are super smart. A lot of you guys know what to say and what to do. Go make your voices heard and do it in a professional manner. If I could say one thing, it's like, don't get on there. These guys aren't going to listen to you if you get on there and you cuss them out and you tell them F off and what are you doing? Not Cricket Hillbilly. They're just, they're not going to listen to you. So pay attention, be professional, and go get your voices heard. And go sign up for Hatchery Wild Coexist. Go like the page. Go sign up for the updates. Pay attention, get informed. Even join CCA, join Northwest Steelheaders. Some of these other groups as well are, are doing great things for our fisheries and they're in support of hatchery programs and those are the people that we need fighting for us well and broodstock isn't just the, the future it's really the only future i mean at this point it's the only you're thing just watching. The only, like like we have to stand on to make sure that there's going to be salmon in, in 30 years and steelhead yeah what, at this Josh? point you're just watching every little piece and chunk get taken away from us uh, so well i mean when well, i at was some point we have to take a stand i mean you gotta do something josh you remember fishing some of our oh, local yeah. rivers dude and we were talking about that last night we were talking to you know we'd run into these old timers and these dudes on the banks and they'd be like oh you guys haven't seen good fishing you you could you can't imagine what it was and like it was back good. when i was a kid and me and you were sitting there going Dude, this, this is like is, pretty, this is good. pretty good. And never did we think that now we're those guys sitting there telling Colt, dude, you have never even experienced how this river could have been, dude. I would have 15 fish days without even trying. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. And that it's not that's just what hatchery fish now. either now. It's, it's wild fish too. Because this is what these idiots don't understand. We plant hatchery fish in these rivers for hundreds of years. Then we take all the hatchery fish away and you, and what happens? Then you have a million sea lions eating all the wild fish. You have all the birds it's eating all the wild fish. Everything is on the wild fish now. And so now, not only is there no hatchery fish, there's less wild fish. And we're just, like, making it worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. These guys are such morons. If we could all just unite together and focus on the things that could really bring back fisheries, we would be, the Pacific Northwest would be world-renowned, world-class the best, it should be Alaska. Which it should be. It, yeah. it well, should be. 15, 15, I mean, when I first started steelhead fishing years ago, I remember buying this little pamphlet at 7-Eleven, and it was all the fish places to go fishing and what they stocked. And it had, like, specified, like, Southwest Washington being one of the most highly traveled to areas for steelhead fishing in the world. There's a river, like, 10 world. miles from us that used to be one of the best Southwest Washington rivers there was. And now yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's, like, pretty much gone. I yeah. mean, now it's, like, yeah. Dude, it's just sad. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I wanted to get this into the end of this podcast, everyone, because we really think it's important that we make you guys aware of these issues so you can go fight for your fisheries, fight for what you love. We all love steelhead, and the last thing we want to see is these runs getting depressed and so low on all these rivers that we don't get to fish for them. And to be honest, I think that's what a lot of these groups, these wild groups' end goal is. They don't care if we're fishing for these fish. They are a wild fish group all they care about is that there's a wild fish swimming in that river they do not care about anything else there's a huge group of people out there that do, do care about it we want to catch these fish it's a it's our lifestyle and so make your voice heard do what you can to fight we appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast thank you so much for listening we'll have 
continuing these coming out every single week. So make sure you guys subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google Play, Spotify, all those random platforms. And yeah, you got anything else you want to say? No? Good. Make sure to go on and comment, everybody. Yep. We'll see you guys on the river. See you guys.